It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. Achieved. Achievement unlocked. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode, episode 87 of Bigfoot Collectors Club, uh, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson. And usually with us. Mm-hmm. First episode I think he's missed. Very first. That's crazy. Isn't that wild? I've never missed an episode. <laughs> well, goody tissues. <laughs> Someone loves this podcast more than other two people on this podcast. Well, we'll see. Uh, Riley Bray is not with us today, uh, but instead, uh, we are here with our stand-in host, Ryan Couchhouse. <laughs> <laughs> and I just knocked a microphone off the table. That was awesome. Uh, Ryan, thanks for having us in your home that I'm already destroying <laughs> and filling in for Riley. Now, Riley will uh, play music and add in music later during our story of high strangeness. Mm-hmm. So don't worry. He's still here in spirit. But thank you, Ryan, for having us here in your home. Okay, guys, before we bring in our guest... It's October. It's yeah. October now. This is happening <laughs> when October's new. And Samhain is upon us, and tis the season to be spooky. So to celebrate, uh, all month long, we will be doing stories of high strangeness that are inspired by Halloween. So ghosts, jack o Spirits. Orbs. Orbs. Spirits, yes. Demons. The le- cool. Vampires. <laughs> werewolves. Everything, mummies, mummies no, yeah, mummies. My mummies everything's stuff. on the table. And if you, the listener at home, have any really scary stories, especially if they involve Halloween or creatures one would associate with this holiday, sure, we want to hear them. Record a voice memo on your phone. I'm not kidding. We want to hear them. Don't email us. I mean, email us. Just don't write it. Record a voice memo, then email it to <laughs> BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail and a label it Halloween story, and we'll play your stories on a special Halloween L Files at the <sighs> end of the month. Lucky you. It might be a full L Files episode. It might just be a, yeah. like our Halloween episode. We haven't gone that far yet. We're flying by the seat of our pants. Dude, your hands are flying by the seat of their pants. <laughs> I like to use my hands yeah, when I talk. I love it. It's I've just been enjoying you're it. not usually sitting so close to me. <laughs> Uh, and you, it doesn't get in your personal space. Uh, all right, guys. Um, so here to kick off this month long celebration is an amazing guest. She is an actor, 
writer, improv comedian, and voiceover artist, and a singer. You may know her from Comedy Bang Bang, Party Over Here, DC Superhero Girls, or as the voice of April O'Neil in Turtles Take Time and Space. I was very excited about that. She's the co-host of the podcast Off Book, the improvised musical podcast on Earwolf. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Jessica McKenna. Thank you so much. Boy, that was a long walk to get you in here. I really loved it. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, just one one short turtle short. Uh, one one short turtle short. Um, (laughs) yeah, but but you got to play April O'Neil. I know that's that's huge, huge. Is it a short short? How short is it? Yeah, this was like before the relaunch of the series. Right. Uh, Nick made several shorts. I feel like in like a what's the deal? What's gonna be turtle? So. I'm like April O'Neil in one of those. You've got an April O'Neil vibe about you. Thank you. I mean, you're wearing a yellow jumpsuit. (laughs) I mean, you brought in an 80s VHS camera and a bow staff. That's really cool. You have a tank full of four tiny turtles, (laughs) not an inch. Other than that, disappointingly. Yeah. How are you, Jess? I'm great. You just came off the road for your uh podcast. Yeah. Off book. Just was on. Just was gone a little bit, and you know, just getting back into the swing. Yeah. How many days do you normally take to get back into the swing? Oh, let me tell you. We came off. I'm still getting in the swing. Yeah, we were just, uh, we did a weekend away in Salt Lake City, and I've been wrecked for two weeks. (laughs) I'm not back in the swing at all. Because you missed your own bed? Because you partied too hard? I didn't party that hard in Salt Lake, actually. Also, Bryce ignored us the entire time. I don't drink. I went to bed early. Well, true. But I felt like, and this is okay. That you needed a little personal weekend. Hey, listen, when I'm out, when when I go out of town, I want a little. Because we hung out a lot together at uh, Contact in the Desert this weekend. Bryce was kind of sitting by himself. No, I was. I listen when I go I out have of the town. Video to prove it, and I posted I, it on the bike. I need a little Instagram. lone wolf time. Sometimes yeah, yeah, when yeah. I'm in a new yeah. city, I want to like do a little exploring and. And lone wolf it, and that's okay. And it's some, it's some, I listen. I just go with my moods, man. And I get it. And uh, this phase of the moon, yeah, it was, was my lone phase wolf. of the moon. It was lone wolf month. I get it because you you have a you family, kids. You're, yeah, my you know. life is in disarray. Yeah, so when I get <laughs> when I get uh, when I get time to like you know just chill and walk some new streets and and uh, just check out the vibe of a town. It's re- it's really something I I really cherish and I love to do. So. Um, you know, I do that. It's so cool. you you couldn't be there. I just couldn't be there. I <laughs> you just couldn't allowed. be there. It's <laughs> like couldn't. it's not about you. It's just you couldn't right, be there. Right. He's there. making a big deal. We hung. Time. We hung. Fortunately, I had a whole other podcast to hang out with. So <laughs> yeah, he really did. He really um, did. this the last stop that we did in our series of dates was in Dublin, and my uh partner on the podcast, Zach, his wife and his mother in law came to meet them in Dublin because none of them had ever gone. Oh wow. But it was my third time in Ireland. Sorry I dropped that humble brag. Um but uh <laughs> Damn girl. So I did my lone wolf thing because I was like, you know, I've been to the Guinness factory right. and I've yeah. like done a lot of this stuff. I'd love and also now you're kind of in like a family yeah. zone. Right, you're like right. I'm bouncing out. I'm gonna so I I lone wolfed it. Where'd you where'd you lone wolf it? Well I, I it's been a decade since I've been in Dublin so I still wanted one day of like 
let me walk these streets, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then Did you visit some old haunts? I went back to Trinity College, which I remember having a really fun time walking around. And then also I walked, I remember there was like a student pub that I had gone to before. I didn't end up hanging out there because it was like a little early. And uh, But I was like, oh, 10 years ago, I had a beer here. Cool. Wow. Did you study? No, just like when I was there, gotcha. also walking around Trinity. It's a weird thing because like it's hard to imagine being in college and have your college be like a tourist attraction, right. but it is. The Book of Kells is there and like, which is like one of the oldest living books. That's not living. It's like but an like, old, like, old, I'm not familiar with that. What is the Book poetry. of Kells? It has, it's the Bible also. It's like oh, leather, wow. but, Kel, but also the story oh. of the Kells. It's, I don't know. I, didn't I should wa- know this. Honestly, I didn't wait in line for it because I was like, I don't know. Did you go to college there? No, no, no. Trinity College? No, I just walked around it okay. 10 years ago and then again. Okay. A what few were you weeks doing ago. there 10 years ago? I guess I, that's my question. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a stop on a, I went backpacking in Europe with two Got friends it. and like Trinity, I just mean, is a hot. Anybody's walking around Trinity right, if you're right, in Dublin. Right, 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 um, right. And I was like, well, we were here. It's I don't a remember. Spa. We looked at this field. Hey, we went in this pub. Nice. Yeah. Did you go to any haunted places while you were there? I have to figure there's got to be some like. Feels like it should old, be. Yeah. yeah. I went to. So then the second day, I did a day trip up to Northern Ireland to Belfast, which is where my dad was born. And then cool. further north to the Giant's Causeway, which is this like n- natural. Uh, what would you like? Not a national park, but it's like um, a natural a heritage site. Yeah, right. Uh, the like lava meets the ocean and makes like these oh, hexagons. Sure. Um, they're super cool, and that feels very. That's it's very like this is where the giant Finn McCool hangs out. I'm like <laughs> yeah. very much like okay, we're getting into some mystical Irish yeah. stuff. Not necessarily when haunted. the lava meets the ocean, you're getting into mystical yeah. shit. You are. It's just when the go lava down. meets the ocean, <laughs> that's when giants are born. If we were on our podcast, that's when we'd start going, <laughs> we go now to <laughs> when the lava meets the ocean. The ocean. I'm the child yep. of a lava queen. Perfect. <laughs> Great, right? Uh, so the Giants Crossover. Causeway is yeah, an totally. area of about 400,000 interlocking basalt com- columns. The result of ancient volcanic fissure eruption. Sweet. Uh, cool. I was hoping also they found like old giant footprints there. Never know. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The story goes that I- the Irish giant Fionn MacCumail, Finn McCool, McCool, Finn McCool, from the Finian cycle of Gaelic mythology, was challenged to, f- to a fight by the Scottish giant Bendendonner. Oh, shit. Giant Damn, off, huh? we got to look this up. It's on Finn. So that was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. That was pretty pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, all right. Before we go into Jess's personal parent, may I call you Jess? You may. Prefer. Awesome. Uh, we have some... BCC News! This is from NBC News. Real Life Atlantis. Oh. Lost continent found under Europe is revealing Earth's missing history. What? Yeah, so get this. Um, this came out. Uh, this is going to be a little old by the time you guys listen to this, so I don't know what call, why we call this BCC News, but this has been out for about a week now. That's all right. But it's new to us. Um, so they found these uh, scientists in Netherlands, these uh, geologists, discovered the, this missing continent called Greater Adria. 
that's underneath Europe. So uh, here we go. Uh, More than 2,000 years ago, Plato wrote about a land called Atlantis where a mighty empire vanished beneath the waves after a series of excessively, excessively violent earthquakes and floods. Probably caused by giants. Uh, His tale has inspired plenty of nonsense in the centuries since, but now it seems that that's a little bit of a dig to the uh, Atlantean hopefuls out there. right. Um, Clearly not. They don't respect their Greek philosophy. Shame on them. Also, nor nor are they uh, fans of Aquaman, it sounds like. Uh, new research shows that lost continents are a real thing, and they have had a big impact on human life, though not in the way that Plato imagined. Dawa van Hinsbergen, a geologist at Utrecht University in the <laughs> Netherlands, sorry if I butchered that, has been exploring one of the most dramatic of these lost continents, known as Greater Adria, or Adria, A-D-R-I-A. Ad Astra. In a paper published in early September, the journal Gondwana Research, he and his colleagues studied rocks around and beneath the Mediterranean Sea to reveal the full extent of Greater Adria for the first time. It's enormous. About the size and rough shape is Greenland, Mm. he says. Now, if you don't recall seeing Greater Adria on a map, there's a reason for that. It's completely buried, not under the ocean, but beneath southern Europe. That's crazy. About 140 million years ago, the two continents began to collide. Greater Adria got bulldozed and buried in the process and mostly sank beneath what is now Italy, Greece, and the Baltics. Hmm. And Greater Adria is not unique. Emerging studies of Earth's mantle show likely traces of past lost continents. Analysis of ancient rocks suggests that almost all of Earth's earliest continents might have disappeared, taking with them much of the history of life on this planet. Mm -hmm. The evidence of how life first appeared may be lost somewhere down there. In the depths. Wow. Uh, it's pretty cool. So it goes on to say that, like, remnants of Greater Adria are in the Swiss Alps. Like, the mountains might were f- probably formed, likely formed by this uh, collision. Uh, pretty cool stuff. And there's another one uh, underneath New Zealand, or uh, a formation known as Zealandia. Yeah, they're all fucking over the world, man. There's that Grant, new Graham Hancock book where he explores all these underwater... Um, megalithic sites magicians of the gods is that the one no i don't think so um it, that's it, his newest book oh then maybe maybe that's it <laughs> maybe, maybe you're thinking of it. fingerprints of the gods. i think so yeah one, one of those it doesn't <laughs> that's his newest yeah. book <laughs> whatever you're to, yeah i'm well. sorry no all right sorry, you dude. that's his newest <laughs> book <laughs> but yeah that's yeah. that stuff is crazy man i mean we're still just uncovering the very tip of the iceberg as far as gobekli tepe is concerned Scratching the surface. Oh, Beckley Tepe? Go Beckley Tepe. What's that? You don't know what Go Beckley Tepe is? No. Oh my God! It's this site in um somewhere, but they uh they've yeah, uncovered dude. this. Uh, that's not the newest site that I heard about. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. No. Um. So it's this uh, archaeological dig site that uh, that they're discovering. Really, it goes on. Um, so they've really only uncovered the top of it, and what it has done is it has pushed the date back for human history uh, of civilizations almost thousands of years. It's a, 
It's a relatively. Where is it? What continent is it? Oh man, I don't know. I couldn't tell you off the back. No, no, no. Go Beckley. G O B E C K E Y. Go Beckley. Go Temple Becky. No, Beckley Temple. Becky Temple, dude. Becky Temple. Who is Becky Temple? Go Beckley. So it's G O B. L-E-K-I. Go Beckley Tepe. Go no, it's Go Beckley Tepe. This oh. sounds like something you'd have to chant when getting initiated into an Ivy League secret oh society. <laughs> I know. Go, Go Beckley Tepe. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, totally. Go Beckley Tepe. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's crazy. It's an old. It's in Where Turkey. Is it? Turkey. Thank Turkey. you. Cool. We'll um, go check it out. Not spelled at all the way. I thought it would be. Yeah, but they don't know if it was like a ceremonial site or a... Founded in 10th millennium BC. Right. Damn! So what it, what it has done is it's really... It's it's older than anything. Older than the, the, than the pyramids and any other site on Earth as far as ancient civilizations go. And uh, they've discovered writing, uh, petroglyphic carvings, and they've really sc- only scratched the surface of this thing. Uh, it was actually buried, so intentionally. They actually covered it back up with sand. Nobody really knows why. What? Um, but it goes down in spirals, right? And so it just goes... They, they think this site is so huge. Um, well, I don't know. How, I, was, I don't know how to follow how that up. How huge is it? <laughs> <laughs> so big. <laughs> It's just so big. How big is it? Uh, I'm really caught off guard trying to talk about this. No, but... I mean, I just had never heard of it. Oh. You're not... Listen, man. Yeah. We're not scientists. Hey, no shit about we that. We just like to talk about weird stuff. Yeah. Well, it's very cool. We'll have to just all check it out. Yeah, that was a nice level of knowledge from off the dome. Oh, right Yeah, on. I agree. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is why we keep him around. Yeah. You're sweet. And he's not bad to look at either. <laughs> Just uh-huh. constantly sexually harassing my co-host <laughs> on this podcast. I don't mind it. Jess, you play Aqualad on DC Superhero Girls. I do. He's from Atlantis. That's right. Aquaman sidekick. Did you do any research on, uh, I on think Atlantis? He's, I think he's young Aquaman. He's Aquaman. Oh really? Yeah, in DC Supergirls, it's uh, it's a little different. It's all of them in high school. It's mostly about. Is his name Arthur Curry? Garth. Garth, that's his sidekick. Oh really? Yeah, Garth is his little sidekick who goes on to become Tempest. Oh, interesting. Hey, next time you book one of these jobs, why don't you call me? Yeah, <laughs> I'll fill you in on. You're fine. Well, I mean, he's as an outlier in many ways, but everyone else is like young Flash, young yeah. like. Kid Flash. Kid Flash. These are all the sidekicks. No, no, no. But all the women. But I understand all the DC superhero girls are the real deal. I think yeah. all the boys are the are the real. Is there young super? Is there like Superboy who's Clark Kent? No, no. There's Connor. Kent? Who? Who's um? What's what's the Flash's real name? Barry Allen. Yeah, it's him. Okay, this is conf- This is a confusing universe. Yeah. Thing. Okay, got but it. But Aqua Lad is. Uh, is he blonde or does he have black hair? He has dark hair. <laughs> That's Garth. Okay. He does have, um, you know, he's like a bit of an outcast. So it would make sense that he's the only Got it. Um, one who's a is, sidekick. B- so Barry Allen's a teenager. Is Bruce Wayne a teenager? Bruce Wayne, not on it. Not on it. Not okay. at least in the, in the episodes. It's like Fla- uh, Green Lantern, Flash. Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Understood. Cool. Oh my I gosh! I'm gonna get people are gonna at me so no, hard not. for this. No, no, no. Um, okay, uh, Jess, we like to ask all of our guests, "What is your personal paranormal history?" Oh, such an interesting question that I fear I have an uninteresting answer to. You, you know what? You'd we'll be surprised. See about that. <laughs> I feel like 
None, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're right. <laughs> so like, and segment over. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't have like uh, the thing. The thing that I'm a little like, oh yeah, this is what makes me sound a little lame. Is the thing that I'm really most afraid of is aliens. Oh wow. Okay, Welcome great. to the club. Yeah, like That's... afraid. No, me too. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, People yeah. usually laugh at me. It's like uh, always a disappointing reveal akin to like when I tell people I'm not that into breakfast. So they're like, <laughs> what? But I liked you. <laughs> What's strange is that I'm falling out of love with breakfast as well. Don't you just feel like Maybe. I should be able to have a turkey sandwich at 10 a.m. if I That's want? I Absolutely. Are you serious? I did put a fried egg on it. That's okay. Just to make it a little more breakfasty. But I'm like, oh, but you're still eating in the morning. I actually don't like eating in the morning. Okay. Uh, I I have a hard time like getting hungry and like when I was a kid, ha- having to eat before school very early, like always kind of made my stomach feel bad. Right. I think I just am a person who gets hungry like hungry later in the day. And then That's fine. step back. And then I'm like, no, I gotta have two subs. <laughs> <laughs> um not even cereal, not even like Kellogg's came through for you in the morning. I mean, I was just a standing hard for Pop Tarts. And my mom was like so desperate uh-huh. to have me eat anything that she it got to the point where I straight up would be given just like a Pop Tart and a Sunny D or oh a churro and a Sunny D. <laughs> wow. She would pack lot. me a really healthy lunch, like, but she was just like, I don't know, please eat something. Where does your mom get churros? It's basically just a rolled up waffle. Oh, That's where'd true. you get them? Like frozen at Costco. Oh, gotcha. And then she'd oh. pop them in the oven. It was awesome. My favorite before school tradition was eating a frozen Eggo waffle while watching the Flintstones on the old black and white portable TV. And when I say frozen Eggo waffle, I mean it was still frozen. I did not want that toasted. (laughs) How weird is that? Let's get this train back on the track. That's pretty pretty I'm saying maybe aliens have something to do with our... Uh, loss of morning of bre- appetite. Yeah, lost yeah. time of breakfast. <laughs> I don't think so. We have no idea what makes us both afraid of aliens. <laughs> I, don't know. I do, actually. Yeah, let's um, get into it. Uh, I think that I know that I um, there are many th- threats and dangers in this world, sure. Mm-hmm. But like, if I was getting like chased by, I know, people are like, oh, the biggest threat is man, which I agree with in a lot of, you know. You know like, what else is the most dangerous game? Man. <laughs> But I'm like, if I were being chased by like people who are like, oh, like a serial killer movie gets me way more. If I was getting chased by a serial killer, yes, they probably will defeat me and I will die. But I understand their human form mm-hmm. and its limits and abilities. If like an alien is zapped in here right now, I have no idea what they can do. Like, where do you kick it first? Yes. In between the legs? Right. Guess what? It doesn't, doesn't have ha- And actually, what you, no what genitals. it has there is a black hole that now your foot is stuck in. You know what I mean? <laughs> there's no way for us to know. I know that there's like, oh, the psychological reason is the unknown of all this. But I feel like, oh, a lot of the things that people are afraid of, I'm like, well, I at least know how I would try to escape. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'd do against an alien. Bryce, first move against an alien gray. Where, what do you go for first? Oh, you mind? Fuck it. You just, you got to. Whoa! You got to stare right into its eyes and and say, "Okay, all right." <laughs> Wait, <laughs> we, are you are, are you, you coming on to the? Yeah, head? are you literally mind fucking? <laughs> no, you've got to you've got to show dominance uh, over uh, telepathic powers. That's oh. what I would do. How do you do that, guy? You just you gotta well, you gotta have a routine that you go by. Uh, uh, let's hear the routine. Yeah, how can you establish a routine? Right, so let's say an alien <laughs> pops in here, right? 
and it sort of manifests. You have to look this thing right in its almond black eyes and be you like, know, alien, <clears throat> I'm going to make fucking love to you. That tonight. might be one way to do it. Yeah. Okay. Or you could be like, you know, alien, I'm not going anywhere with you tonight. You're going with me. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like this. Yeah. And then where do you take him? Oh, just for a tour around the house or something oh, like that. Maybe nice. the backyard. Okay. That's nice. I would just stab it directly in the eye. <laughs> you think so? Because that's the biggest target you've got. Grab something sharp. Yeah. Plunge it deep, deep into that big brain of it. Well, you'd have to get that's a knife. That's where you a... thought its brain was, right. though, Michael. <laughs> it turns out. That's it's... actually, those are also black holes. And now <laughs> your hand is stuck <laughs> and it's getting spaghettified. <laughs> yeah. This is why they are the scariest. Yeah. yeah. Well, and a lot of people report paralysis, too. So you just can't go and get a knife. That's why That's why you're only left with, the, the tool you're only left with is your, your eyes and your mind. So you got to use those uh, intelligently. Oh, oh, boy, my gosh. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. I, does the when you think of an alien, what are you picturing in your mind, Jess? So I think I think that's part of the problem. Is I'm like it could be it could be alien from alien, you know, aliens. Oh, I, so the first the first episode of Stranger Things before we know it's a dimensional thing, right? And you kind of only see the figure. I was like, fuck, this yeah. is an alien story, yeah. and I straight up had nightmares. That's the only episode that ever made me scared, like true scared, because it ends with such like. It's so haunting, and I was like, oh, man. So good. This is an alien story. I'm about to get so freaking scared by this alien. Once it's a dimensional thing, I'm way, way less scared. It's more. It becomes more like fun thriller. It gets out of, like, true fear for me. Let me probe further. Are you afraid of probe? being like... <laughs> are I you mean, afraid of a... I mean, he said it. <laughs> are you afraid of being, like, eaten alive or lobotomized yeah, or yeah. put into a test tube or Ab- taken aboard a spaceship? Abducted. Abducted, taken away from like your family. Some, like, Slaughterhouse-Five stuff. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think definitely eaten... I had a reoccurring nightmare as a child being eaten by a killer whale. So I think, yeah, being... Oh, you sound like a kid who had night terrors. <laughs> I don't think I did. Okay. But uh, I just refused to eat breakfast and was afraid of whales, I guess. <laughs> I feel like aliens as a fear might be later in life, too. Like, I don't think... I think it was, like, signs. Mm, that was a great oh. one. Crop circles. Yeah. And then, like... What the, do they mean? And then, like, the Mothman prophecies. Oh, yeah. We talk about that all the time. You've, se- you've seen that movie. Yeah, very scary. Oh, yeah. Now, that's you know, a dimensional thing. Yeah, I know. But it felt alienish. Doesn't and then it? even the preview of that movie, like, the fourth kind with the owl that people see. Oh, yeah. That, I'm like... No, I, I didn't see it. Just the preview. I was like, no, thank Owls you. are commonly associated with the gray aliens and abductions. It's a phenomena that seem to... Uh, to sort of have these strange parallels. People will see either mostly mostly owls, but sometimes deers, and then these creatures will shape shift into the aliens themselves. And owls are also associated with like abduction stories, like Labyrinth. Remember Labyrinth? Uh-huh. Jareth takes the baby. Yeah, he's got an owl as his other form. So there's just like it goes back probably to some of these like old Book of Kells kind of myth stuff. Yeah. What was that great movie? It was in Nome, Alaska, also based on true events where all these people. Wasn't it called The Fourth Kind? It might have been, yeah. The fourth kind, yeah. Yeah, something like that. It was that. like found footagey stuff. Mm. I never saw that, but on, I, know what, I know what it is. I yeah, don't know where it is. It was based on place. actual events. Like yeah. a lot of people go missing in like this one sleep, small town. And, it started as a sleep study, and then they were like, oh, they all are seeing the oh, same yeah, owl that's or crazy. something. And I was like, get me the F away from this. Wow. I mean, I'm never going to look at Winnie the Pooh the same way. <laughs> what? 
I mean, a little boy goes into the woods. There's an owl there. He interacts with like small three foot entities that shouldn't be talking and existing in Dude, in the hundred acre woods. It's a bear, woods. a donkey, and a pig. Yeah, but there's an owl there. All right, all right. Well, I can't believe that yeah. was your first cultural touchstone for owl. I don't know. I it just came to me. Zooming past Harry Potter. I know. Well, I grew up with Winnie the Pooh. He's great. I mean, here I'm old. Harry Potter. I was like, I was like in college when that shit was coming out. Mm. Still read it. Very good. But again, I mean, that's the first thing that visits Harry Potter before he goes off into the magical world. I know. Sometimes, sometimes when I get into this alien stuff, people are like, "What if they're like cool?" Mm. And I'm like, "Sure, sure." Like, yeah. I don't want to be in some sort of like Twilight Zone. Like, I'm in a box about my narrative of others, but like. I mean, it gets split it's down the a middle. A little scary. It yeah. is. It gets split down the middle. There's about fifty percent who who report positive experiences and like feeling comforted by the knowledge brought to them by the aliens, and then there's like the other half that are just like, you know, they're taken against their will, shown things they don't want to see, and then they're sort of, you know, not visited once, but more than twice by these certain entities and. It's very strange. So you can almost divide that into the contactee experience and the abductee experience. You yeah. Know? The contactees report these like continuing dialogues that, uh, you know, further their development and all this crazy stuff. They're but, the artsy ones. Sure. Right, right. They get cool ideas and they <laughs> paint things. Yeah, right. The abductees are like... Dude, this is not fun. I mean, a psychologist would have a field day with this, but I mean, it's it, it might just lie on where your you know your personal philosophy is, or it might be a real phenomena that uh, that is actually taking place. Is it your? Is it the fear? Are you scared of the unknown? I mean, I think yes. I think everyone is right. Like, so I think yeah. I think that's if if I'm thinking of uh oh, this is you hear a bump in your house and you like go to look what it is. As terrifying as it would be to see like a human with a knife, mm-hmm. to me it'd be worse to see an alien, right? Because I'm like human with knife. Okay, you get I, that. You know, I know that how is. to run away from you and grab a different knife and grab my phone and right. know where the doors you are. You know, like if you alien. call nine one one on a human, like, like you can kind of predict what's going to yeah. happen. If it's an alien, they've actually like put me in an orb and time doesn't exist, and like I am now my <laughs> That's own right. aunt. <laughs> and like it's Literally, all Literally, though, an aunt. <laughs> yeah, become an aunt. I'm an aunt, and that's my path now. That's I can wild. carry a lot for my body, but I'm very small. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know- yeah. I think it's just like that's I, I think that kernel of it I can't get over is like why that makes it so much scarier. Mm, that makes sense. You know, I know we'll get into it, but but where do you subscribe to this? Are you do you believe in the existence that we're being visited by other beings from different planets or I don't really. Mm. Um I'm a little bit I'm I mean I think like mathematically there's definitely aliens. Right. Uh, I mean aliens I guess life is just from our planets. our view of what that is. But uh yeah, there is other life in this it, infinite expanding universe do i think that they are here have been here not really i wouldn't be like shocked if it was Mm. like no actually this one time they came and that's how we have pigs right right (laughs) i'd be like cool well some people think that's why we're here yeah 
Well, and the guy, you know, that wrote the Mothman prophecy, his name is John Keel, and his his idea of where these things came from uh, didn't come from out there, from an external planet. He believed that this sort of phenomena was all taking place here on Earth, and that these entities uh, derived from planet Earth, and he coined the term ultra-terrestrials. Or another dimension. Or another dimension, yes, perhaps, but it, but it's all coming from here and not so much out there, whether that right. means it's coming from us or, or from other dimensions that are here on on this plane, who knows? I think it could be a little from column A and a little from column B. Interesting, yeah. yeah. I right. don't know. Or- I feel like the multiverse, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense to me almost more because of travel that like, oh, that makes, that seems like a smaller leap that, oh, there could be weaker points in what connect. Right. Mm-hmm. The fabric, the dimensional uh, the dimensional planes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. The, the, the big... Uh- but if you've got a million... If you've got a million year jump start or head start on another civilization, technologically, you've figured out a way to travel, get around the light year. Thing, I know. I and think. if they're here, totally. is it just to be pals or is it to be like, we're out of pigs and I, you have them? I think they're probably so far past that, honestly, if that's what it is. I think they are here observing, watching the way that we would go into a, another culture or just go into the rainforest and study bugs. Yeah, that's they're called the zoo life. hypothesis. Yeah, they're I, basically like zookeepers. And we're well, the, or not that we're they're necessarily even like... This Having is, an active hand, they're just like, what's up over there? Well, mm-hmm. like if we could travel back in time and study cavemen, we would. Yeah. 100%. Like we would do that. If we could go back and look at the dinosaurs, we would. Yeah. And, you know, if, the, if Michael Crichton's novel, Jurassic... Uh, sorry, the lost world taught us anything. In order to, uh, you know, study the species, you have to not interact with it. So you have to play the observer as much as possible. Of course, the fallacy in that is that, uh, and quantum physics is teaching us, is that, uh, you know, the act of observation creates, you know, an effect on the world. Yeah. Yeah. Causality. So. I think that if they're here... That's that little boop-boop test where all of a sudden they go the, the yeah, same... Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, I, the particles. Oh, yeah. the double slit? Is that, is that what you're talking about? What? Well, the boop-boop test. What yeah, you, yeah, yeah. The double, double slit, slit experiment. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. That's what it's called? Yes. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> but, sent, but my hand motions and saying boop-boop. Yeah, I know what you that. meant. Yeah. <laughs> right. That, that two uh, particle can exist in two different places at the same time. That's what we're talking about. Well, it's mm. the, the looking at it yeah, oh, the, the double right. the double slit experiment shows that uh, through the act of observation that it changes the state of a particle or it changes like the behavior. Like when they were looking at it to see if it was like uh, waves, it would show up as a wave, and when they went yeah, to so see the it double like slit photon, experiment sort photon. of works like this. They fired all these, uh, I believe, photons in, yeah. into a into a, a a sheet with a slit, and it hit the other side of the wall uh, pretty continuously and pretty um, you know the same, pretty uniform. Um, but definitely they, not a science podcast. No, not a science podcast. That's for sure. But when they when they did the double slit and they actually measured it now this time uh, with active measurements, then the particles wouldn't behave the same way. They would often shoot off in different directions, and it would it would create a very ununiform display on the back of the wall. And the way that I heard it, and this is years ago, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously, is that when they would be like, let's see if it forms a wave, it would. When they Mm. wanted to see if it formed a different way, it would. Interesting, yeah. And so it was almost interacting with them in a weird, weird way. Well, the point is, and it's ground shattering, is that that we live in an 
observer. The ground. <laughs> it's shattering. Oh no, the ground. Yeah, yeah. an observer. Uh, oh, now it's a world. wave. Yeah, well, if they never thought a photon could be uh, live in the position of a wave and a particle, but it right. does, and that's you know not supposed to be that way. That's pretty cool. Uh, before we move on to our game, do you have any Halloween memories you'd like to share with our audience? Oh my gosh, I love um, not scary Halloween. Um, I'm real into like you know pumpkins, yes. jack lanterns, yeah. candy. I mean, jack lanterns. I had are candy scary. corn today. It was damn good. Me really? too. I yeah, already have a bowl out. I'm into I it. it. I know it's divisive. I'm real pro corn. Yeah. Do you deck out the, uh, the like your 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 home. Mm, I have a. Um, my house is not super into seasonal decor. Got it. Um, except except for like pretty free, like into it at Christmas, and then uh, there's a couple things. He's really not into Halloween. Sounds a little on edge. To yeah. be honest. <laughs> I know. I was like, this doesn't make him sound. I don't want to be great. Too excited by anything. I know. He just doesn't like. Uh, he doesn't like scary decorations. Okay. I have like a sign that says "Happy Halloween" and like a thing of autumnal leaves. Oh yeah. And right. like playful jack o' lanterns. I want elementary school yes like halloween he doesn't want to like decor. live in a home that is like why am i scared right now he's like even less into why scary are there zombies coming up through the floor Dude, yeah i went to a halloween store just the other day with my kids and there were some really great new um halloween things and they're huge ones like holding kids upside down like dipping them into a boiling pot of oh my like a gosh. cauldron there's this one skeleton on a swing and it's like come play that's too scary. Forever. Oh my just gosh. Like, oh shit. That you is know? so scary. Yeah, they're tapping into that kid oh ghost. My thing, which is so big, friendly, purple, fuzzy spider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm my I'm the youngest of three, and my mom uh dressed up as a witch named Witch Hazel and awesome. like blacked out a tooth, had a wig, and threw Stripe socks. Uh oh yeah, like awesome. And threw great Halloween parties where you like make like that mud stuff oh, yeah. and you know, you play freeze dance and you have um like mummy dogs. What uh, is a mummy dog? You wrap like crescent dough around a hot dog oh, look like that's it's a so mummy. Adorable. Isn't it cute? And Just were, don't serve it for breakfast. Nope. No, thank you. Hard pass. Um, she was like a that few. That better be after twelve p.m. Uh, thank you. Um, uh, there were a few years where she threw three separate ones for three different ages. What a wild, un- untenable bar. She said was calling for help. I feel like. <laughs> and then most of the, uh, many years was like only one of us or like a joint one. But uh, probably a favorite Halloween of mine is um, in second grade. I went as Elvis. Oh, Elvis. no way. You make a good Elvis. You I would can make see a good Elvis. Like the, yeah. 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 You got the lip thing. I got the lip. The I listeners can't see this, but I'm it's doing, doing the lip. Elvis it's a little hard to do it while talking. Yeah. Oh. That was awesome. Well, yeah. talk like I think it's oh, pretty good. Oh, and I mean, when I got the candy, I said, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah. That's pretty, great. That's pretty perfect. good. Pretty Were good look for an 70s eight. Elvis? Uh, yes. Great. That's, um, that's the good one. They're now, all good. but Maybe like late 60s. I didn't like stuff myself with a pillow. Right. <laughs> but I was not like blue Hawaii. It would be Hawaii. great if every year you had just done the natural progression. Yeah. It was like from... bell-bottomy uh-huh. jumpsuit but yeah. and slick black hair with drawn-on sideburns and an I'm inflatable guitar. I'm a big fan. I made my son dresses elvis the first three years of his life not for halloween and I'll just show, <laughs> for every day i'll show you i i celebrated my a long time ago but my 10-year anniversary with uh with my wife in vegas and i made my son go as a uh, little baby elvis and we got we got renewed our vows with elvis 
um, at an Elvis chapel, but it was This phenomenal. is very good. Uh, this is exactly like the outfit I wore. What's the oh, yeah. picture? <laughs> um, so I see two it's his sort American of trilogy um, outfit from, uh, unreasonably adorable children, uh, uh, two little toe heads, one girl in a sequin top with a beautiful peach tool skirt, and um, a small boy, I'm going to say, Maybe two and a half years. Oh, three. Oh, you yeah. said three. Yeah, it was around three. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's in um a slightly too big for him um Elvis suit, complete <laughs> with red scarf. And they're in front of one of the more charming chapels that you can go to Vegas. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a stone bridge. No, Elvis looks renewed like a our vows. wishing well. It was I mean, it's very charming. And it, now he's a Beatles fan. <laughs> well, I always have been, but they'll never be as great I mean, as Elvis. So, oh, good, good lord, boy, they're so cute. Very okay, cute. Anyway. all right, we have a game we want to play with you. Um, this is a game that we call Bullshit or Believe It. Okay. All right. It's rapid fire. All right. I'm going to list a bunch of things, and you're going to say, believe it, if you believe in it, hmm. or if you're open to it. Bullshit, if it's a closed door. Right. For example, breakfast would be bullshit. Um, bu- well, you say believe it if you're even a little bit into it. I mean, sure. Okay. Because, I mean, I like some toast okay, and okay. like and like a corned beef hash. All right. Now Can you're changing to the list. <laughs> this is you're changing the narrative. I know. I'm me. sorry. Um for everybody out there who's been following the show, I switched it up a little bit for this month. We're oh, doing good. a little bit no more way. of a Halloween theme. Oh, fantastic. So here we go. Okay. Jess, on your mark, get set. Bullshit. Sorry. Ghosts. <laughs> um believe it. UFOs. Believe it. Bigfoot. Bullshit. Angels. Believe it. Vampires. Bullshit. Shadow people. Bullshit. Loch Ness Monster. Believe it. Little gray aliens. Bullshit. Werewolves. Bullshit. Parallel universes. Believe it. Zombies. Bullshit. Shapeshifters. Bullshit. Heaven. Believe it. Hell. Bullshit. Yeti. (laughs) Bullshit. The mummy's curse. Believe it. (laughs) Astrology. Bullshit. ESP. Bullshit. Witches. Believe it. Demons. Bullshit. Atlantis. Believe it. Mothman. Mm, bullshit. <laughs> Reincarnation. Believe it. The devil. Bullshit. The apocalypse. Believe it. Halloween. Believe it. Yeah. Oh, I like that one. Well done. I feel like um, I felt very all around the map on that. That's that great. great. People though. usually are. Okay, uh, good. Yeah. yeah. I was delighted to hear that you believe in ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. That was one that I was like, I was like, well, per your instruction, I feel like if there's an inkling towards like, that's a real 5149 for me. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? That's all the electoral college needs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's honestly how I feel about almost a, like a lot of that <laughs> list. So it's like, well, I mean, I could go like, beep, beep. Totally. That's good. I dig it. Um, Any ghosty, Ghost, ghosty. interactions in your life? Any family <sighs> stories about ghosts? Mm, oh, my, my mom and my sister both have had have both been visited by my grandmother who's passed in dreams. Oh, wow. Um, and sometimes like before, um, I, my mom has uh, once like woke up in the middle of the night and called like uh, a family member was like, so-and-so had their baby. And they're like, yeah. Mm. And a different time called my brother and was like, what's wrong? And he was like, I just got in a car accident. Precognition. Um, and then she had a lot of dreams about her mom right around the time that her mom's sister died. Mm. So... Uh, I mean, I don't know. I had a dream last night that my my aunt fell down the stairs. Should I call her and tell her? My yeah, mom maybe. also has like, of all her children, she only really has bad dreams about me. 
Um, like she would have kind of like sometimes like call or text me while I was in school, just like, I'm sorry, I just had to hear your voice. Like, don't like, I know it's fine, but like you were in my dreams last night and it was a little, I feel like it's cause I'm a baby. I feel like there's a little bit of like a little bit of feeling like I'm more vulnerable than my siblings for whatever reason. Um, but I had a dream once that is not a ghost, but really like shook me, which was, it was, I had a dream that my mom had died and my siblings and I were cleaning out her house and I walked into the garage and I saw her and I was like, are you okay? Is Do we go somewhere? Is there a heaven? And she looked at me and she's like, it's not our place to know for sure while we're alive. Oh, Whoa. Wow. That's, That's a great answer though. Isn't yeah. that such a dope answer? Yeah. Were you in the dream older than you yeah. were? So do you feel like it was like a future I feel like maybe there was some. I, I wish I could remember more vividly what was happening in my life when I had this dream. Yeah. About like any questions I was asking or like feeling like my mom needed help or guidance or whatever. Or I can't remember. Like this was a few years ago. I don't remember. Mm. I don't remember like the scenario under which like my subconscious would have been wrestling with my either thoughts of the afterlife or also like my mom's safety. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. That dream world is a strange place. You know, nobody really knows exactly what it is or why or people where dream it is. or where it is. Exactly. Um, but people have had strange premonitions in their dreams. Do you the dream world? <laughs> oh, that sounds like a Halloween decoration. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I saw one at a Home Depot that was like a full ghost pirate ship. Oh. And I'm like, where do you <clears throat> store this ish between the seasons? So no Bigfoot? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, I mean, what is Bigfoot to you? I mean, I'm sure some some sort of version of a missing link somewhere mm. in history maybe was a thing that we would find. We'd be like, oh, there's this that like the fact that we lived at the same time as Neanderthals is like or Neanderthal, yeah, is like pretty interesting, pretty mind blowing. It's like, well, maybe there's something that we could still. There's definitely the possibility we could still find right something. We're like, oh, actually, there was another step between this and this and this. Well, but, that's where science kind of got it wrong, right? They always envisioned it as sort of a chain of command, like one species would die off and the, or evolve into another one, and and none of these different ancestral species lived at the same time. But what science is finding out now is that there was about three to four to five different type of ancestral lineages uh, here surviving on this earth at the same time, which I think is amazing. Cool. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it's time for this week's story of high strangeness. Sweet. All right, we're back, and it is Bryce's turn for high strangeness this week. Yay. And what did you bring in for our... Bigfoot Halloween spectacular. Oh, man, I'm pretty excited about this story. So I begin. It's that time of the year again, Club Scouts, when the leaves start to change color. The coolness calms the air, and marauders of the night begin to plot and plan their Halloween terrors. And so I bring to you a most strange tale indeed that involves seances, table lifting, Mensa members, a good bit of creative writing. I'm in Mensa. And an imaginary but all too real ghost named Philip. That's my impression impersonation of everyone I've ever met from Mensa. Hi. This I'm is Rick. the high I'm strangeness of Philip the imaginary ghost. Now, have you heard me talk about this on yes, uh, the you've podcast? Brought him couple up times? Like seven times. May, maybe once or twice. But anyway, in the viewers. Er- Listeners. This is incredible. You're going to love this. Count and let us know if I'm right. 
In the early 1970s, a group of parapsychological researchers known as the Owen Group, or the Owen Eight, from the Toronto Society for Psychical Research, embarked on a groundbreaking experiment. They decided to test the theory that paranormal visitations are merely a product of the human mind by seeing if they could use the group's collective fears and beliefs to create their very own spirit and force it into existence. The experiment was directed by A.R.G. Owen, a mathematician and psychic researcher who specialized in poltergeist cases, and was supervised by a Dr. Joel Witten, a Toronto-based psychologist. Now, the test group comprised of Iris Owen, the wife of ARG, as well as a former chairpist person of Menza in Canada, Margaret Sparrow, along with seven other volunteers. All the participants were members of the Toronto Society for Psychical Research, and it's important to note that none of them considered themselves to have any psychic abilities. Their idea was to develop a fictional character through determined methodology and attempt to communicate it with attempt to communicate with it through seance. Oh, sorry. I thought I felt you over my shoulder about to chime in. No. You anyway. You know when I'll interrupt. I know. I interrupt. I'm, I'm waiting for it. The group began to contrive the fictitious identity, giving him a personal history of character or backstory as we say in the biz, and even going so far as to give him a detailed personal appearance, one that was sketched out in detail on paper. Available to see on our Instagram account at Bigfoot Collectors Club. Now, they decided to name him Philip. Philip Aylesford. And one of the researchers got to work. Philip was an aristocratic Englishman living in the middle 1600s at the time of Oliver Cromwell. He had been a supporter of the king and was a Catholic. He was married to a beautiful but cold and frigid wife, Dorothea, the daughter of a neighboring nobleman. One day, this woman just wanted to write fan fiction (laughs) about Outlander. Oh my god, okay, there it was. When out riding on the boundaries of his estates, Philip Philip came across a gypsy encampment and saw there a Mm. beautiful, dark eyed, raven haired gypsy girl, Mm. Margot, and fell instantly in love with her. He brought her back secretly to live in the gatehouse near the stables of Diddington Manor, his family home. Now, Diddington Manor was, in fact, a real place and the only real part of their fictionalized story. For some time, he kept his love nest secret. But eventually, Dorothea, realizing he was keeping someone else there, found Margot and accused her of witchcraft and of stealing her husband. Philip was too scared of losing his reputation and his possessions to protest at the trial of Margot, and she was convicted of witchcraft and burned at the stake. Philip subsequently was stricken with remorse that he had not tried to defend Margot and used to pace the battlements of Diddington in despair. Finally, one morning, his body was found at the foot of the battlements where he had cast himself off in a fit of agony and remorse. The experiment went on for months with no success. The group would sit around a table with both hands placed gently on top and merely concentrate, much like the spiritualists of the 19th century. And then one day... Jess, it happened. There was a knock on the table, which at first was felt more than heard. All of the group's eight members felt the vibration. Now, this was followed by a number of distinct knocks that were in fact heard and felt. Skeptical at first, the group felt that these knocks were perhaps inadvertently the result of one of the group's participants. They quickly changed their minds when the table itself began to move around the room. 
when a startled member asked aloud, I wonder if Philip is doing this. A loud knock was heard as if in response. Philip, the, the imaginary... Other louder. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that was good. Philip, the imaginary ghost, had arrived. The group devised a plan in which one knock would signify a yes and two knocks would indicate a no. Soon after, they began enjoying spirited conversations with Philip. This entity that they apparently conjured up exhibited likes and dislikes, had strong views on certain subjects, and was hesitant on others. They questioned him on his personal life, and once, when apparently too personal question, was asked in regards to his wife Dorothea, loud scratching sounds were heard. It was noted that the ghostly sounds and movements of the table seemed closely related to the thoughts of the group. If they were in agreement to what an answer should be, the resulting yes knock was quick and loud. If there were doubts amongst the group's members, the result would be a corresponding hesitation in the sounds. As their experiment progressed, the participants would engage in teasing and joking with Philip, which seemed to anger him, causing the table movements and knocks to become more frequent and pronounced. It was reported that the table would sometimes rise up so high it would bring the members to their feet. And on more than one occasion, Philip would become incensed and trap members in the corner of the room. Philip was also apparently the cause of lights turning off and on by themselves and other strange anomalies. The Philip experiment worked so well, in fact, that the Owen group took him to the small screen, filming a seance in front of a live audience of 50 people, during which they witnessed the table levitate. Was small screen just a fancy way of saying TV? Yes, yes it is, Michael. Okay, because I was confused. Iris Owen and Margaret Sparrow, both members of the group, wrote a book about the experiment called Conjuring Up Philip. And for all of you film buffs out there, you may want to start your Halloween horrors with the movie The Quiet Ones, which was based on the events. Yes, the Philip experiment succeeded far beyond the group's wildest expectations. However, in the end, only more questions remained, as they were never able to prove the how or the why behind Philip's manifestation. Was Philip a direct result of the group's collective subconscious? A manifestation of the group's unknown latent psychic abilities? Or maybe, just maybe, they conjured an actual entity that was more than happy to take on Philip's persona and latch onto a story? Either way, it makes one think twice about the idea that the spirits of our deceased loved ones somehow survive and are hanging around on the other side waiting to talk to us, still maintaining a part of their consciousness or individual personality. And should you ever decide to summon a spirit via conjuring, Ouija board, or seance, how could you ever trust just who it is you're speaking with? Whatever the case may be, Philip, the Philip phenomenon remains not only a groundbreaking experiment, but an important historical account of parapsychological research by a group of curious Canadians. And in the end, what was once only make-believe made believers out of those indeed. <laughs> that was amazing. That's my evil laugh. That was a good laugh. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Good story. I yeah. was really just, I gotta say, what a dang great voice you have. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thank you very much. Big takeaway. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, my gosh. Well, well, so about, great to have it all fresh and all so close in the cans, mm, you know? What about Philip's voice? Yeah. Who was, what do you think of, b- bullshit or believe it? Um, uh, I mean, I think like I believe in the ability for a group of people to collectively trick themselves 
Yeah. Well, you know, they And the power of that. Totally. Here's a picture of Philip that the that they drew. Oh, okay. Now you can actually go. That guy is a honk and a half. You can actually oh go to YouTube and witness this uh, live camera um, thing they did in front of a studio audience, and I watched it myself. And you can see the table rise and move across the room. And it's what? Yeah, I'm not kidding. It's on YouTube. I highly recommend. It's look on it up. YouTube. Maybe we'll show put up a show. Uh, in we can the, put a, a link in the show yeah, notes. We'll when did this happen? This was in the 70s. Okay. And, 1972. Uh, yeah, 1972. And so this really happened, and they were pretty much confounded. And uh, you know, because a lot of those people had the idea that you know perhaps these. Um, you know, demonic possessions or poltergeist activity was often caused by the people themselves. And, you know, if you ever watch some of these ghost hunting shows, um, what you'll find is that it's usually somebody having some sort of emotional trauma that is bringing about these manifestations. So their idea was to, well, hell, let's just create our own ghost and see if we can bring it to life. And they did. Uh, And, you know, it it sort of confounds the idea of what an apparition is or what poltergeist activity really is. what's not to say, and you kind of brought this up, like, you know, what's not to say another spirit stepped in? Because they use the conventional means, by conventional, of course, they're unconventional, but the conventional within the realm of this world, the Mm -hmm. conventional means to communicate with the spirit why wouldn't someone else just get on the line and be like, yeah, sure, I'll be your Philip if I can, sure. you know, fuck with you guys yeah, and interact. Absolutely. You know? you know, well, further experiments with a different group were carried out in 1974. Now, the story used with these was a French-Canadian girl by the name of Lilith who went to France during World War II and became a member of the French Resistance. She was, however, caught and executed as a spy. Now, the Lilith experiment saw similar results to the Philip one in just five weeks. Perhaps this was due to the fact that the Owens group uh, were able to formulate shortcuts in methodology based on earlier experiments, and the new group was able to sit in with the Philip group on an individual basis. Of interesting note is that in during a 1974 Christmas party held by the organization, members... You know by that Christmas they were just like drunk with power. Oh yeah, they were lit they for were sure. Lit, lit and also just so high on themselves. Drunk with power, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at a Christmas party held by both members, uh, the Philip and Lilith groups got together and in jest called out, Is anybody there? They received a knock in response. And in further jest they asked... Are you Father Christmas? Reportedly, a long conversation with Santa Claus ensued. According to the Owens, this last episode illustrates the wonderful childlike approach taken to the phenomena and the fact that in these situations you get what you expect. Well, we've brought this up in the past when we've sort of uh, skimmed around the concept of a tulpa Mm -hmm. or a thought form which it comes from i think tibetan buddhism yeah um i think i wrongly suggested it was like an old like uh like uh jewish thing or hebrew thing but it's tibetan buddhism i believe well it's the idea that an object can be imbued with spiritual power or that you you create something from nothing or you can create yeah we got to do a whole episode about tulpas. Yeah. We'll do that, but uh, yeah, not during this Halloween <laughs> yeah, month. Totally. What do you think about all this? I mean, it's I mean, weird, it's uh, pretty weird. How I've... many of those in the Owens group just ended up swapping spouses? Let's be honest. <laughs> 
sounds like a lot of funky stuff was yeah. happening in the 70s. You know it's what I'm like saying? week nine, and they're like, I want to try something different. <laughs> yes, Iris. Everybody put their key in this cup. You kiss my husband, and I'll kiss your husband. <laughs> yeah. Oh, stop. Oh, who's, well. who's under the table? Aren't Sorry. You, aren't you a prude, Philip? I'm not knocking with my fists. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it's crazy to think that they, they got such a positive affirmation of, of what they set out to create. You know what I say? Never trust a Canadian. Oh. Is that what you say? Yeah. It yeah. is America's yeah. hat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, this is amazing. Uh, Jess, any final thoughts on Philip the Imaginary Ghost? Oh, my gosh. Um, I knew that Diddington had to be the true part because <laughs> that just sounded like every test you had to take on Wuthering Heights, you're like, I can't remember any of these names. They're all the same. <laughs> so Everyone's throwing themselves off cliffs. Right. It's the mark of a good liar fabrication to keep a little bit of truth in it. And I love that they chose Diddington Manor because, mm. hell yeah, that sounds like something in Devonshire or something. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Indeed it was. That's my hot take. <laughs> I love it. Uh, thank you so much for doing the show, Thanks Jess. Thanks for having me. Uh, where can people find Off Book and find you? Yeah, listen Off Book anywhere podcasts are listenable. Um, and I'm at Jess, Jess McKenna on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, but let's be honest, it's not a great follow. Mm. It's n- Also, it's just not fun. It's not fun. I'm off of it. Basically, all I do is like retweet what my podcast episode is. So it's a real, it's a real like. I'm too scared boring. to retweet anything. Yeah. I just, I just now like things. Yeah, it's a real, it's real doldrums over there. So <laughs> I, I would suggest like if you want any sort of meaningful content. Just go for Instagram. Yeah. Jess, yeah. Jess McKenna. Yeah, yeah. Great. That's amazing. Thank you for doing the show. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Ryan for uh, engineering us here at Campfire. Yeah, thank you, um, Ryan. You can listen to our podcast every week at Campfire. Uh, we are campfire.media. Yes, that's right. Bingo. Uh, I can't remember the name of our own Instagram and Twitter. I think it's Bigfoot Collectors Club and Bigfoot underscore C Club on Twitter. Uh, Bryce, anything coming up? No. You wanna- yeah, got my project coming up. I'm looking to announce uh, shortly. Hang in there. I know uh, you've all been waiting so patiently. I'm hearing rumors of November. Yeah, it's will it will come out in November. It might have news of it. Might have broken. By the time you're listening to this episode, it's possible, in but which you case, will hear it here first you will from have, me. You will have known by now. Yes, That's all and we're uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review us. It does help tremendously. Go to, to Apple uh, Podcasts and subscribe, rate, review. Do it and check out our merch over at TeePublic. Yeah, and you and I have the same birthday, Jess. Oh, really? Yeah, Whoa. April 18th. Oh, my gosh. Synchronicity. And Conan O'Brien. Oh, yeah, and Conan O'Brien. And Paul Revere's ride. Yeah, and James Woods. Yeah. I share a birthday with Carrie <laughs> Fisher. Was like, and James Woods. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you did better with the first three. Yeah. All right, everybody. Until next week, I remain Michael McMillan for Bryce Johnson, Riley Bray. Uh, thanks again to Jess McKenna. Definitely go. I did want to say, if you want to just laugh and laugh and then just have a sustained smile while you're listening to a podcast, definitely check out Off Book, the improvised musical podcast. Uh, until next week, you know what to do, ladies and gentlemen. Go get the regress. And good night.
Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their case has had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.